Man, I don't know. I, I feel like I could preach an entire sermon just on a child crying why they light the joy candle, but <laughs> that's not the sermon that I wrote down, so we'll stick with the one that I wrote down. But that's like, it's a, that's, a, that's good. That, you can't fake that. That was awesome. Um, okay, so Get Our Hands Dirty is the topic for today, and um, we're going to have an intro video. I just wanted to warn you that it is a bit gross, so um, prepare yourself so we can watch that. Did any of y'all watch Dirty Jobs? Have you seen it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know that there's a lot of seasons of Dirty Jobs. This is actually just the first season intro. Um, so Micro has a lot to say about what he learned on the series, and he actually has done gone across the country. He's done TED Talks on what he learned about Dirty Jobs. He didn't intend for that. He just intended for it to be like a funny promo of like just disgusting things that you're doing. But on the first episode of Dirty Jobs, or the first screening of the first episode, he was doing like sheep herding. Um, and when he was doing sheep herding, he started talking to, sorry, <coughs> I knew that would be loud in the mic. Anyway, he started talking to um, the sheep herders who were doing this professionally, and he was like, okay, so I just kind of do this. All right, let's go ahead and go for it. And the sheep herders are like, no, stop. What are you doing? Like, this is, this is a professional job. We have to take this seriously. You have to do this a particular way. And over and over and over again, he wasn't doing it seriously. And over and over and over again, they would stop him and they would stop filming. They would say, you have to do this job correctly. And so from then on, for seasons and seasons, he learned a lot of things. Um, and a lot of wisdom, he says, came from dirty jobs. So we're going to talk about that wisdom today um, in, the, you know, in the topic of get your hands dirty, which is one of our church's values. I think that in this topic, and actually in every one of the ones on the wall, um, even though this one happens to be the one right here, closest to the bathrooms, which I find very fitting. Um, <laughs> that was on purpose, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but in this one right here and in every one of these, I think we learn who we are when we live out our values. Um, so that's pretty cool. All right, so if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to stand here and receive the word of God. Um, I'm going to start with one passage but we're kind of going to be bouncing all around the scriptures, the roller coaster of scripture, which is what Max is talking about that I did on that coffee day, apparently. This is John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shined in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man named John who was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. <coughs> he was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize it. <coughs> He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name. <coughs> Sorry. I'm just choking. I'm not crying yet. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God, the word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observe his glory, and the glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you so much for what you've done already in bringing the son, of, the son of God to us and allowing us to know him and allowing us to know him, to hear his voice, to hear his cries, for Mary to know him and for Mary to testify. Thank you 
Thank you for the joy that you have brought to the world. The joy that is truly inextinguishable. Lord, as we as a church family hear what you have to say, I, I truly pray it is what you have to say. I truly pray that your Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us this morning and that your Holy Spirit is what teaches us about the Father and leads us into all truth. Thank you for who you are and who you've been. It's in your holy precious name I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to be seated. I am so sorry that I am coughing so much. <laughs> Tis the season. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it's not COVID, I promise. Oh, there's that. I've been tested many times over the last several days. So. Um, okay, so back to Mike Rowe talking, about, um, talking through his TED Talks. Even in this video, which this is why I showed this particular video because there's a lot of different ones. Um, he, he talks about like certain things that he learned from dirty jobs and getting your hands dirty. One of the main things and one of the first things that he says is that getting your hands dirty keeps civilized society running, right? So one of the principles that we see in scripture all through the life of Jesus, we see Jesus doing, doing for those who could not do for themselves, right? You, look, you can look at John 4 with the woman at the well. You can look at Jesus healing the 10 lepers, even the ones who aren't going to thank him. Keeping, doing, getting dirty and getting your hands dirty truly does keep and he says civilized society, but we could say the kingdom. It truly does keep the kingdom running. Micro also says that getting your hands dirty is brave work. I think we see that from Christ in Philippians 2 when it says he did not take what was his own birthright, right? But he gave up his birthright and came down. And, those, and then we read, we read on in John. It says those who he came for did not recognize him and hated him. And he knew that would happen. He knew, he knew from the very beginning, he's an omniscient savior. He knew from the very beginning what he was facing, right? That's what Philippians 2 says. He endured the cross. With all joy, he endured the cross. It's brave work. Those who get their hands dirty, Mike Rowe says, this is one of his wisdom pieces, are confident in themselves and not bothered to roll up their sleeves. That's an interesting one. Like, think about the dirty jobs that we can be doing in society. I mean, he, like, listed one. Did y'all see the whale carcass inspector that one freaks me out I don't even know what that's about but there's all these jobs that we can be doing in society and you think about the people who quote-unquote choose those jobs if you believe they do or some do or the people who have those jobs are those people really confident in themselves and do we think about them being confident in themselves and truly being willing and not bothered to roll up their sleeves I don't know that we do think of them that way I think that and Micro talks about this too. I think that we look down on people who do dirty jobs when dirty jobs are the ones that have the most craftsmanship involved in them. The most minute detail that you have to get right, otherwise civilized society stops running. The entire power grid goes down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I work at Culver's. Um, I'm a manager at Culver's. And I have been floored by how much skill and craftsmanship and hand, like handcrafted, I don't know, I don't know, just being a master of your skill is required to flip burgers on a grill. Like, think about the job that everyone says, this is the job that requires no education, this is the job that requires nothing from you, right? Flipping burgers. It takes so much effort. There are so many people who are at our job who cannot do that position. And then there's this one guy who's worked there for like 15 years who's like an expert grill master. All of us like sit in awe of Juan because he can like, flip 32 burgers at a time and just keep it running like it's nothing. It's amazing. 
it's amazing the way that we misinterpret what a dirty job is. And that's how micro continues. We misinterpret what dirty jobs are. I feel like we see this principle in scripture as well. So in John 13, when Jesus goes to wash the disciples' feet, we know what is said at the beginning of that passage. It says, and Jesus, who knew where he came from and knew where he was going, took off his outer robe, put on a towel and washed their feet. I'm sure you know this, but just a quick history lesson. That is the lowest of the lowest slave job that you could have, washing the master's feet. Um, When you're walking around in sandals for 20 miles a day, around camels, around horses, around donkeys, there's a lot of stuff you get on your feet. Um, And there wasn't antibacterial soap. There weren't gloves back in the day, you know. Um, So the slave that had the worst job, the second worst was like chamber pot issues. But the worst, they said, was the feet. So for Jesus to know where he came from, that confidence, and to know where he was going, he rolled up his sleeves, right? He took off his outer robe, put on a towel, and washed the disciples' feet. Another one that Mike Rowe says, a bit like tongue-in-cheek, he says that people are either going to think that you're lucky or crazy. So like think about the, I remember this kid started working for us from Sky Zone, and I was like, that sounds like the funnest job. And he was like, that is super boring. Um, and that's why he came to work for us, but, and apparently it is. Um, but people are going to, when you roll your sleeves up and start getting dirty, people are going to not understand your job and be like, oh, you're the luckiest person in the world. Or they're going to think that you're crazy. Um, and, right? Yeah, Karen's like, I am nodding all the way with you. Yes, Danville Special Ed Education. What up? Yes. So, again, we see this from the principles of Scripture. We see Jesus, who truly rode his hands up, sorry, rolled his sleeves up and got his hands dirty, we see him being treated like he is either lucky or crazy. The the best and craziest example is in Luke 4 when he goes to read the scroll in front of um, the synagogue. So he goes to read the scroll, he he unrolls it, and he starts reading it. And at first, everyone is whispering, saying, is this the son of Joseph? How is it possible that he's reading this so well? And they praised him. It literally says in the text, they praised him. And not a moment later, after he says, this is fulfilled in your hearing, what I am reading right now is actually coming to truth. They try to take him to the edge of a cliff and kill him. Like, lucky and crazy. It's that dynamic that you have to go back to the confidence thing. So that's kind of why Mike Rowe puts these hands in hand, hand in hand. You have to know where you are from and where you are going. Because none of these people are going to get it. Right? None of the people around you... And hopefully you've understood by now that getting your hands dirty is a Christian principle. So as you walk in the Christian faith, none of the people around you are going to get it. They're going to think that you're lucky and they're not going to understand the hardships and the sacrifices and the picking up your cross daily that you've done. Or they're going to think that you're crazy and not understand why you're taking this so seriously. They're not going to understand why you're taking your dirty job so seriously. They're not going to understand why you refuse to leave food in the movie theater just sitting there for somebody else to get it, and you grab it and you throw it away. They're not going to understand why you feel like you have to go back to the restroom because you think you saw someone who was handicapped needing help. They're not going to understand why at your work you refuse to leave the toilet unflushed or you refuse to leave paper in the copier stuck and jammed when it wasn't your problem anyway. They're not going to understand. They're going to think you're crazy. So you have to know where you're coming from, and you have to know where you're going. Micro then talks about getting dirty is by no, in by no way means getting sloppy. Getting dirty in by no way means getting sloppy. That's another interesting one. I think that 
for us, that means getting our hands dirty doesn't mean that we're loosening our morals. It doesn't mean that we're getting rid of a standard. It doesn't mean that we're just doing anything in the old way. Like, think about the sheep, right? That first, that first episode. He learned this principle on that first episode. Again, we see this modeled in the life of Jesus um, in the baptism that he takes on. So baptism is a practice in Jewish custom. Baptism was a practice of washing, um, washing and cleansing yourself from your sins. It's similar, um, but we have some different nuances in Christianity. Death to life in Jesus Christ. Um, But baptism was washing away your sins. Jesus is sinless. He's sinless at the age of 30 when he gets baptized. He's sinless at the age of 33 when he dies. And John points this out. When John the Baptist goes to baptize him, he's like, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus literally says, make, he says, make sure we are fulfilling all righteousness. Allow it, allow it for now. Allow the baptism for now because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. If Jesus has to fulfill all righteousness and if Jesus has to follow the rules, then getting our hands dirty cannot mean being sloppy. It cannot mean throwing away our morals. It cannot mean just getting down to earth and doing it any old way. It can't mean that. One of the most controversial messages that Mike Rowe talks about in both his TED Talks, but also in interviews, um, and one of the things that people I, in this society definitely rail against, one of the biggest questions that he came out of the show with is, is following your passion really good advice? Is following your passion really good advice? He goes on to clarify, not really to the satisfaction of anyone that he's talking to, but he goes on to clarify, it's completely fine to do things that you enjoy, but he just knows a lot of people who are doing a lot of jobs that are not dream jobs and weren't even their own dream jobs, but they're incredibly, incredibly satisfied and joyful doing it. And he knows a lot of people, himself included, he says, he knows a lot of people who have worked tirelessly to pursue their quote-unquote passion as relentless and vaporous as it is, and they end up unsatisfied. I think, though we may, I personally am more reluctant to see this in Scripture because I'm all about following my passion. I'm a very passionate person. Um, I do think we see it. I think when we go to... Matthew 18, this is when the mother asks, um, James and John's mother, the mother, sons of Zebedee, she comes to Jesus and she says, I want my sons to sit to your right hand and to your left hand. So I want them to rule with you, right? This is the apex of following your passion. This is the apex of making sure that your legacy is carried out. This is the apex of seeking out greatness and glory. Huge watchwords in America, greatness and glory. And Jesus says to her, I assure you, unless you are converted and become, I'm so sorry, this is not right. Yes, unless you are converted and become like children, it is right, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. Humility is a powerful principle in Christianity. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. But another principle that we can learn from getting our hands dirty is that getting our hands dirty is never general. It's always in the specific. 
It's always in the actual. It's always in the practical. Getting your hands dirty does not in any way usefully, functionally mean walking around believing that you're humble. Right? Right? That's the opposite. That's, that's exactly the downfall of the mother of the sons of Zebedee and the sons of Zebedee themselves. I don't think that they were like pulling their mom's arm saying, please don't. All I want to do is die for Jesus. Getting your hands dirty in your life right now, every single one of you, you have, and I, we have those specific examples in front of us. I absolutely hate taking out the trash. I hate it. I hate taking out the trash. I will crush it as low as humanly possible. I will spray it with Febreze for days. There are people who live with me who... Hello. Okay. Yeah, I hate it, but getting your hands dirty and living in humility and living out the principles of Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus means taking out the trash for Amanda Duke. It literally means that. I hate it. I hate it. I'm preaching to myself, but that's what it means. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Janice is like, encore, please, when we get home. Like, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for you to get your hands dirty in this season? Does it mean, does it mean being nicer to the teacher who is crazy? I'm just saying. Does it mean, Karen's like, yes. Does it mean, does it mean making sure that when you go to a restaurant, you are, you are being mindful of what you're doing to the people who are there? If they're lower staffed and there are longer wait times, are you being gracious in that? Are you recognizing that you truly, this is a crazy thought in America, you are there to serve them. If you are a Christian, you are there to serve them. What is it? I, I don't know what it means for you, but whatever it means for you, these principles are for you. Because, I'm, I mean, this isn't rock, like this isn't crazy, but it is crazy in our society. The principles of Jesus truly say, this is the message version, but it's still there. The principles of Jesus say that getting your hands dirty is the definition of Christianity because it is the definition of how Christ came to us and saved us. It is the very definition of what we're supposed to be doing. If we are not doing that, then what are we doing? Because I, I've got to offer that I don't think it's Christianity. It might be something, but I don't think it's Christianity. Another thing that Mike Rose says that might provide a little bit of hope when all of you are thinking about all the trash that you have to take out when you go home or all the laundry that you have to do, which is also mine, um, Something that might provide a little bit of joy and hope is that Micro says that when, when you are humbled into a dirty job position, he found that a lot of the people who had these dirty jobs surprisingly had a place and a voice in other people's lives. And I think that's true. I think that when you serve people, when you truly serve people, we see this, we see this from Jesus over and over and over again. I don't even have to reference. It's like... Every single page has Jesus serving people, and after serving people, they come to believe him or they choose not to. They come to accept or reject him. After he heals, after he serves, after he dines with them, we have totally got that backwards in the modern church. And I won't get on this soapbox too long, 
But in the modern church, we think you have to profess Jesus Christ before we help you. You have to profess Jesus Christ before we let you come into these doors. You have to be cleaned up. Literally, we think you have to be cleaned up so that you're worth saving. What? What lunacy is that? And Jesus says it. Jesus acts like it's ridiculous too. It is not the well who need the healer and the physician. It is the sick. It is not the rich who need the riches of heaven. It is the poor. Those who get dirty are not dirty people. If you, in loving Jesus Christ, in trying to, to be and replicate Jesus Christ, imitate is what Philippians 2 says. If you, in trying to imitate Jesus Christ, go out and get your hands dirty, you're not dirty. And it's going to be really important in the months and the days and the weeks and the years to come that you're not dirty. And the people that you love and the people that you serve, even if it's only two people, even if it's only a classroom of six kids, even if it's only your family, you'll come to learn that they are not dirty. The dirt is something else. It's not the people. So I have a few take-homes for us, and then I'll be finished and done. I do think, um, and I'm hesitant to say this just because I think this church is already doing this, so I probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm hesitant to say something like this, but I do think it's important to mention that one of the most practical ways to get our hands dirty is to take what is in our hands given to us by God, a portion of that, and giving it to the Lord. Um, I think that one of the most practical, concrete, real digging-in-your-pockets way to get dirty is by giving some of your money up. Especially in the season of, one, in a season of giving, but ironically it becomes a season of consumerism all too very quickly. I don't know how many signs I have read and given into that say, like, here's a Christmas present for you, right? Among you, like, buying Christmas presents for everyone else. My mom is the absolute worst at this. Hi, Mom. She's going to be listening to this. So this is going to be good. My mom is the absolute worst at this. Like, she will never let us buy her a Christmas present, ever. Like, she, from, like, November 10th on, she's just buying herself Christmas presents. Like, and, and saying, yeah, like, yeah, I researched this microwave. I got it. You can give that to me for Christmas three weeks after she got it. It's crazy. Um, it's totally crazy. But my, model, my mother is a model of sainthood in every other way, so I can make fun of her in that. So with that being said, I think that, that aspect of consumerism, that aspect of I've got to have, I've got to wrench everything that I can out of my paycheck. I've got to wrench everything that I can out of my job. I've got to wrench everything that I can out of all of these sales and these deals. That mindset, which ekes into... Every member of the society, I think, like I'm worse among sinners than this, that mindset is exactly opposite of leaving margin and giving your first fruits to Jesus, giving your first fruits to the church, giving your first fruits to the kingdom of heaven. Um, when Jacob, I don't know if y'all know this, but tithing actually comes from when Jacob did it the first time um, in the Old Testament. So when Jacob 
has all of, all of this bountiful stuff that he got from the blessings. And he has like, I don't know, a ridiculous amount of like camels and slaves and stuff. It's crazy. And all of that stuff, he, in the scripture, it reads like he comes up with his own idea. God, I'm going to give you one-tenth of this. And I'm going to give you the first tenth of this out of praise to you. Because you gave it to me in the first place. I, I think that one of, one of the ways that we can get our hands dirty is doing that. And it probably is not the first one that came to mind. But it might be one of the more uncomfortable examples which might speak to us about how we feel about dirty jobs. I think that's one. I think if, if we need another one just to get away from the money. Um, if we need another one, I think another example of very practical getting your hands dirty is by doing something that you don't, by doing something that you're skilled at that you don't ask for money for or return investment for. Um, I'm in the business world. I've been in the business world for like four years. So in those four years, I've heard ROI constantly. Return on investment, return on investment, return on investment. We give gifts to team members as a retention play because we need a return on investment. We train team members and we develop team members and we develop and grow leaders and people because it's a return on investment for the business. And at the same time that that is an excellent business principle, that is not the principles of Jesus Christ. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. He poured his heart and his soul out. He died on a cross so that you might accept him for your sake. He was complete. He was accepted. He was righteous. He was in heaven. He had the kingship. He was there. But he, came, he became the sin of the world that we might become the very righteousness of God. And that is the clearest and the best and the most distinct example of getting your life and getting your hands dirty that we can ever have. So walking out of this room, if we want to look like Jesus, we have got to do that. We've got to do that today. We've got to do that Monday. We've got to do that Tuesday when we are tired. We've got to do that Wednesday when we are fed up. We've got to do that Thursday when all we're doing is thinking about the Christmas parties and the presents that we haven't bought and the, the Santa outfit that we haven't gotten yet. That's on my to-do list. And everything that is on our to-do list, everything that is reaching and retching through our minds, we've got to roll up our sleeves, throw that crap aside. That's literally what scripture says. Throw the weight off of everything that so easily entangles, if you don't like my colorful language. Throw all of that aside and say, I am going to be like Jesus. I'm going to live like he is king. I'm going to take my faith home with me. I'm going to be flexible. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to not fake it. I'm going to say that church is a family and church is not a business, and I'm going to get my hands dirty. I want to read Philippians. I've referenced it enough. So I'm going to read it, and that's where we'll end. In your relationships with one another, this is Paul speaking to the church of Philippi. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus, thank you so much for...
your presence in this room. Thank you for being who you are. And thank you for giving us, hopefully God, thank you for giving us an insight into who you really are and what you, what you really look like. And not what we've been told that you are to be. Jesus, I pray that this message doesn't sit lifeless and dead. I pray that it's not just words that I wrote on a sheet. I pray that it doesn't involve me at all. Jesus, I want to live like like you lived. It's the only way to be satisfied. Holy Spirit, breathe on this room and allow us to see the glory of God the Father coming down in every moment and every opportunity to get our hands dirty. Show us the way. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.